Hey y'all, I am Kobe Warner, this is Kobe Lizzy, and I'm so happy to welcome you back to the show. Or welcome for the first time if you've never been here before. That's wonderful too. I am happy to have all of you. Um, there's lots to cover today, ranging from happy pride, it's June. June's actually my favorite month of the year, because it's pride, it's also my birthday month. I happen to really love Gemini's, as I am one, and so I just like June. It's also summertime, which is my favorite season, and it's like halfway throughout the year. Just everything about June feels right. And I've always loved that my birthday's in June and Christmas is in December, and so like the two big present holidays in the year are like very evenly spaced out for me. It's like six months apart, um, because I like logistics. I think about stuff like that. <laughs> so there's lots to cover today, like I said, including pride. Also, um, how it feels different this year. I also want to talk about uh, Stan Twitter versus Taylor Swift and Maddie Healy and Ice Spice getting into the mix. I honestly, you know I love Taylor Swift. And I honestly was doing my best not to talk about this whole Maddie Healy controversy just because I really didn't want to get into it. I felt like I can, my opinion doesn't matter. <laughs> but um, I'm going to talk about it now. Now that Ice Spice is in the mix, literally, she was already, you know, talked about um, by Maddie Healy and other people on that. We'll get into that later. But y'all all heard about that podcast. I'm also going to talk about RuPaul's Drag Race at the end um, with some spoilers. That's why I put it at the end. So if you're watching this season and you're not caught up, you can just skip the end. But I'll let you know very clearly when I'm about to get into that. So you can listen until then. Promise. No spoilers until a point. Uh, before we get into all of that, I'm going to start, as per usual, with the song of the week. There's two. It's becoming a trend recently to have multiple songs of the week. Um, the first one is a song that I discovered in high school. The album came out, like, the year my parents were born. <laughs> uh, it's Nina Simone's I Put a Spell on You album. And that I Put a Spell on You album has lots of hits, including I Put a Spell on You. Also, Feeling Good, the Nina Simone song that you're probably most likely going to know. Um, it also has my personal favorite and half of this week's song of the weeks, You've Got to Learn. I heard You've Got to Learn by Nina Simone for the very first time in high school in 2018. That was like sophomore year-ish, maybe junior year. And I was so floored and taken aback by the song. I think what gets me most is the lyrics. But the lyrics in combination with the delivery, the way you know it's sung, the way it's done. Obviously, I can't play it because I'll get copyright stricken. Um, but... It starts, you've got to learn to show a happy face, although you're full of misery. You mustn't show a trace of sadness and never look for sympathy. Uh, anyway, you can listen to Nina Simone do it. She sings it better than me, but oh my God, that song is gorgeous and devastating and perfect. And I've loved it ever since I heard it nearly five years ago and just wow um so the second song is a song that's very special to me for other reasons um this past week we lost a legend tina turner um the legend that she is and was passed away at age 83 in her home in switzerland and um she was sick and 
she I think she knew she was sick. She sold the rights to her masters a couple of years ago, and she made a documentary on HBO that I haven't seen in its entirety yet, but I've seen some clips, and I've read a lot about it, and my parents and I are going to watch it, actually, I think, tonight. Um, but anyway, it's regarding her life, and she was a huge part of the documentary, and a lot of people, as I've read, see, um, say the documentary seems like a farewell. Seems like she was like tying a bow up on her story. Um, and so I love Tina Turner. And the reason I love Tina Turner is because when I was in college um, in Boston, I got to be a part of a spe very special showcase um, that was honoring Tina Turner at my school called the Singers Showcase. And the theme was Tina Turner that year. The title of the show was Simply the Best, which is a huge Tina Turner hit, if you know Tina Turner. And the song that I sang in the show was What's Love Got to Do With It? And that is the second half of this week's song of the weeks. Um, I love what's gov, uh, excuse me. <laughs> I said, what's gov got, got, I was, I, God damn, I can't talk. I love what's got, <laughs> rest in peace, Tina Turner. This fuck up is for you. Um, I love what's love got to do with it. And not just because I sang it, in the showcase, but really that was so special to me. And that's kind of why I love the song so much at this point, but it's kind of a Tina Turner song besides, you know, like proud Mary. It's like a song that I've, you know, known, like I didn't, I wasn't aware of all the Tina Turner songs admittedly until I did that showcase. And we did like all of her, you know, discography. We didn't do the entire discography. We did a lot of deep cuts. We did a lot of hits. There was like 30 plus songs in the show. And so I was listening to Tina Turner a lot during the show and I got familiar with her discography, but What's Love Got To Do With It is a song that I always knew, and so I thought it was really special that that's one that I got to sing. Happy Pride? I know I said it's June, I know it's Pride Month, but it's weird. Pride is different this year. It's like, you know, <laughs> it's funny because every other year during Pride, when all the corporations are like busy rainbow washing and, <laughs> you know, um, putting out a bunch of, you know, bullshit advertisements, you know, acting like they really care about queer liberation when they're really just doing it as a cash grab. I complain about that. I complain about that process every single year. And sometimes I buy the merch, you know, I buy the stuff, you know, it's, it's hard to defy capitalism when you literally are surrounded by capitalism. So I participate occasionally and, you know, sometimes I'll participate in the rainbow washing. Oh, by definition, I recorded, uh, I did some research, um, and I couldn't find a real definition of rainbow washing, so I had to resort to the Urban Dictionary. Um, but it's a pretty good definition, I would say. So by definition, via Urban Dictionary, the definition of rainbow washing is the act of using or adding rainbow colors and or imagery to advertising, apparel, accessories, landmarks, etc. in order to indicate progressive support for LGBTQ plus equality and earn consumer credibility. But with a minimum effort of with minimum effort or pragmatic result, pragmatic result, pragmatic result. What's pragmatic mean? Hey, Siri, what's pragmatic mean? You may seem to dealing with things sensibly and realistically. Oh, yeah. So, like, they don't really put money behind, you know, you know, charities or what. I mean, sometimes they'll be like, oh, we're donating a percent of the proceeds to the Trevor Project. But, like, you know, they don't really put their money where their mouth is when they do this rainbow wash. It's very much a cash grab. But this year... With all of the anti-LGBTQ legislation, um, all of the hate, uh, the way that 
queer uh, and uh, trans individuals have become drag queens have become you know a, a serious uh, issue so to speak in the conservative um, with conservative people's you know I mean fucking Ron DeSantis is like oh god it's just like the Florida and the don't say gay situation and the way that Tennessee and Texas and all these other mostly southern but not just southern states are attacking drag queens and trans people and cross-dressers. Um, I don't like to think that the majority of people feel this way. I just like to think that this is a very small group of individuals that are that just happen to be very loud. You know, you'd like to think it's just a small group of people that just happen to be very loud and very stupid, like the insurrectionists. Obviously, the entire fucking Republican Party did not, you know, mount the Capitol on January 6th, but there was a lot of people that I really am having a lot of... I'd say I have talking clubs every week. I think it's just the way I speak, but that was a bar. (laughs) Anyway, January 6th, obviously there was a couple, you know, however many hundreds, a couple thousand, you know, dumbass mother effers storming the Capitol, but those people don't represent the entire Republican Party, even though, you know, I'm not a fan of conservatives. I can say that most people probably wouldn't storm the Capitol. I can give them at least that much credit, but... It's wild to see corporations do a lot of research. The reason corporations rainbow wash every pride and have for like the past five or whatever years, 10 years, Target said um, in one of their statements regard. Oh, Target's been I'm sure you've seen a huge uh, target of conservatives um, regarding their pride displays. But also Target's received a lot of backlash from the LGBT community regarding their handling of the backlash from the conservatives. It's just a hot-ass mess. It's like pride's supposed to be a celebration, and these people are just shitting all over it. And I don't understand why they're so mad that we have a month. Like, you guys literally rule this shit. You run the world, girls. Like, I don't understand, you know, why Why are you so mad about June? <laughs> like, what is it about June? Um, but anyway, the reason corporations rainbow wash is because they have, you know, some little nerd ass bitch, not there's anything wrong with nerds, but they have some nerd somewhere doing uh, crunching some numbers, running some statistics and finding out, oh, we'll make this much money if we put out a pride display and we'll make this much money if we don't. And when making, when putting out the pride display outweighs in earnings uh not putting out the pride display they'll put out the pride display and for the past couple of years it's been trendy to support gay people for the majority of folks based on statistics i swear to god they are not just blindly throwing up rainbows in their store every june it's because it makes them money that is the only reason anybody does anything when it comes to a corporation they are just trying to make money and so now when you have lgbtq LGBTQ is insane. That is crazy. That was ridiculous. I had to stop. Like, can we get a little commotion for LGBTQ? <laughs> that was fucking funny, dog. 
when it's trendy and popular to make money off of LGBTQ people, they will do it. And when it's not, they won't. And with all of the, with all, selling from New York, with all of the legislation going around and like all of the hate and all of the news and all the articles and all the news coverage and all of the, the, the misinformation and the fear mongering, it's not popular like gay people anymore. And suddenly Target's pulling the displays. Everybody's like, what? I thought Target loved gay people. No, it was for the money. And I worked at Target. I worked at Target. I worked at Target. Not that that means anything. I also worked at (laughs) Chick-fil-A. Now, I've worked at Chick-fil-A for four days. And I worked at Target for a month and a half. So I'm not sure if either of those really count. Um, But yeah, anyway, moving on. It's just ridiculous that... It's, I'm not even mad at Target. I understand they're just trying to make money. I, I, I can't be mad at them for doing what a corporation does. Because whether or not I'm mad at them, they're still going to do it. You know what I mean? What I am really bothered by is how conservatives really are just trying to distract us from the real issues by, you know, calling women's rights into question and making a big deal about, you know, Medicare and Medicaid and the budget deficit and trying to make it seem like everybody's so unreasonable for wanting f- f- health support and health insurance and money regarding health issues it's like that shit's expensive way more expensive than it should be because of them and then it's just ridiculous it's just sometimes you feel like your hands are tied you know and they kind of are um you know sometimes and you know we can vote and we should everybody should vote no matter how you know um insignificant it may feel which it isn't you should vote it really does come down to the tens and the dozens of the votes sometimes in state and local elections even in presidential elections sometimes you really should be voting um please vote if you can please 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 it's literally all we can do besides complain (laughs) it's literally it besides complaining advocating and voting that's our options baby pick one of the three um but you should definitely be voting so pick more than one of the three pick two of the three at least complain and vote or can advocate and vote but you gotta vote (laughs) you gotta vote so please just do what you can do please don't be an asshole please don't fall for all of the bullshit in the news about queer people you know we're just like you we bleed the same blood we breathe the same breath we are regular regular folks just like you, we just happen to yassify life a little bit. And I happen to love life this way. Um, also, regarding... Uh, I, one of my least favorite things that the conservatives are doing is attack, about making it about kids. Bitch, first of all, I don't like kids. I don't want your children. I don't want to... I don't want to... Like, I don't even want to babysit your kids for money. I don't want to... I don't want to get paid to be around them. Why do you think I want to, like, do stuff? Like... Li- the way they act like queer people are attacking children is ridiculous because it's really their priests who are attacking children, but we don't have to get into that. Um, but what I was going to say is the way they're like, oh, it's about the kids, indoctrination this, indoctrination that. You don't care about indoctrination. You are just homophobic because you indoctrinate them with straight shit all the time. From the time they breathe their first breath, coming out of your, you know what, you're talking about a... Oh, uh, fresh out the hoo-ha, talking about, um, oh, he's going to be a heartbreaker one day. He's going to, you know, steal or heartbreak the ladies or whatever they say. I don't know what these straight people do. It's just like 
you're not you don't care about indoctrination you don't care about the sexualization of children you just don't like gay people and you try to pin it on us nobody wants your kids <laughs> nobody wants your kids nor am I trying to make your kids gay. I know because of how I came up, I was being bullied and called gay and a fag and this and that and everything else in elementary school. And I didn't even know what those words meant at the time. Not even gay. I didn't even know what the words meant. I figured out I was gay all on my own, completely independently of anything anybody else was saying to me. Kids, adults, television movies or otherwise i actually was indoctrinated by the church to hate myself and shame myself for being gay and i spent a couple of years of my life trying to shove myself back in to a box trying to fit myself into a box in the name of the lord in the name of religion and i'm not trying to shame christians or anything i'm just saying the religious system i was brought up in was not very kind that was the indoctrination I suffered. It was not by the hands of queer people. It was not by the hands of drag queen, uh, drag queens. It was not by the hands of cross-dressers or trans women or trans men or non-binary people or gay men or gay women or gay they-thems or gay its or thems or does or whoever the fucks. It was, had nothing to do with the LGBTQIA plus community. So if we really want to talk about indoctrination, we can get into it. But I don't think you do because you don't want to cover the indoctrination. I mean, the way they're erasing black history out of school books in places like Florida, that's indoctrination. You are lying to people. S trying to sway kids in a direction that you want them. That's indoctrination. Hello? It's grooming. Hello? You don't care about children. You don't care about children. You care about trying to make gay people a spectacle to distract people from real issues. That's not the soapbox I was trying to get on for this podcast. But like, God damn, leave us the fuck alone. And happy pride. Moving on. Stan Twitter versus Taylor Swift, Maddie Healy. And here come Miss Ice Spice. <laughs> So I saw Taylor Swift on night one of the Eras Tour on April 28th, 2023, about a month and a half ago, and uh, or a month and a week ago or some shit, and she was fabulous. I really loved the show. Um, she puts on a good show. You know, she does what she does well. She has a great production. There's lots of production value. She's a fantastic songwriter. She's a good live singer. Uh, she, she sings the way she sings well, you know, like everybody sings different and people are like, oh, she can sing. She sings how she sings very well. She's not, you know, a opera singer. She is not a riffer or a runner. She is not somebody who uses a lot of vibrato, but she is a person who communicates and tells a story on pitch through like, it, she does a good job. Okay. She does a good job. Uh, it's a good show. And so, um, you know, despite, I mean, even if she wasn't a fantastic live performer, I'd honestly probably still like her music because her music's, if, if it were what it was, independent of her live performances, she sounds good in the studio. And I'm sorry, a lot of your faves don't sound good outside the studio. So get off Taylor. I'm just saying. Um, but Taylor Swift makes good music. She writes good songs, in my opinion. Now, obviously, not everybody agrees. But this whole situation regarding Maddie Healy is a mess. Um, 
It's a mess. I do not think she should be dating him. I think as a brand, and like I said, I wasn't going to give my opinion on this. I was like, oh, my opinion doesn't matter, even though I've always disagreed with it. Um, my opinion doesn't matter. Um, but I just feel like she's too brand conscious of a person to date somebody who is not brand conscious in the slightest. It feels reckless to me because she's a mastermind. She literally has proclaimed herself to be a mastermind as of late, although we've been proclaiming it for years. But then you date somebody who was very controversial very recently. It just seems like something a mastermind wouldn't do. I'm just saying. And I feel like we should be critical of our faves. One thing I think about Stan Twitter, that's something else. I want to tie Stan Twitter into this conversation. Because even a lot of Taylor stands are not happy about this whole Maddie Healy situation. Because he's just like a mess. <laughs> And, like, the 1975, you know, they got a good bop or two. They ate that one little thing, you know. But it's, like, I just feel like whatever. I don't understand why Maddie Healy's so hot. I'm, like, it looks like his teeth are falling out. I'm not trying to shame him. But, like, do you brush your, like, I'm just, I'm not trying to shame. He has too much money. You know, like, I'm not trying to be, like, oh, like, obviously some people can't help it. He can help it. You know what I mean? Like, all right, Maddie Healy. And I'm just like Taylor Swift. Really, girl? Anyway, I don't, I'm not trying to shame, teeth shame somebody. That's not his only issue, obviously. It's more the racism, ableism, homophobia, etc. And he always like does a half-assed apology. And people be like, oh, he apologized. It's always a very half-assed apology. But I'm not going to get into any controversy. I know there's been a bunch, but I'm not going to get into any controversies regarding Maddie Healy except for one. That goddamn podcast. Where him and all those other people were talking about Ice Spice and they said she looked like they made, ra ra I'm not even going to repeat it. They made, you know, like racial references. They made like a weird like voice, like racist kind of mocking thing. And I'm just like, it's, you're, this is a pop. This is public. This is a podcast. This is live. People listen to this. And the fact that that's how they talk when people aren't... I know people are like, oh, it wasn't that bad. If that's how they talk when people are listening, God only knows what they say when there's no microphones recording them. Jesus Christ. And I will say, I'm not trying to generalize British people or anything, but I've met a couple of British people in my day at college. And I will say I did find some of the boys to make rather offensive jokes. So I'm not saying that's a British thing. I'm just saying... It's, I'm asking. I don't know. I don't have enough British people to compare. Do, I'm like, is there like a something? Is there like crude British humor? Is that a thing? I also saw Lisa Vanderpump on. You know, she always took like uh, uh um, she t attributed her br crude humor to being British on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And she's not the only British person that I've heard say that. I've also heard people in my life say that. So maybe it's true. But I'm just like, I don't think that's crude humor. I think it's kind of racist. And I'm not even going to repeat the comments. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you can easily find it online. But I'm sure you've already heard about it if you're, uh, you know, like into pop culture and drama and Taylor Swift. Um, but the comments were regarding Ice Spice. Um, they didn't make any like racial comments about black people talking about Ice Spice. They actually made racial comments about Chinese people regarding Ice Spice, which was kind of strange. Because um, I just don't know why they would say that or whoever said it. Um, but it was just a strange conversation overall, and I did listen to the clip. I didn't listen to the whole podcast. I just, like, pulled the clip off of Twitter, but I really don't want to listen to those men talk for an hour or however long the episode is, so the clips on Twitter will do me fine. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, 
So Ice Spice was saying in like a, like a song association video or something on YouTube that she really liked like indie pop and like a lot of people wouldn't expect that. She really likes bands like so-and-so and the 1975. I don't remember who the first one was, but the second one she said was like the 1975. And so they asked Maddie Healy about that on a podcast. Like, oh, did you hear Ice Spice said she loves your music? And he then they started talking about how she looks like a something-something Chinese woman. And I'm like, I'm not going to repeat the comments like I said, but it was very like, uh... And that was recently. It was in, like, the past couple of months. And so, obviously, when Taylor Swift starts dating Maddie Healy, among a lot of the other controversies he's participated in, this is one that's brought up because it's very recent. Very recent. And then I'll be damned if, like, a week and a half later, two weeks later, Ice Spice is on the Karma remix. And, like, I know I'm not falling in bed. I'm not sleeping with the conspiracy theorists that think that Taylor Swift did this as a good way for good PR because I don't think it's possible to produce all those CDs and stuff in a couple weeks. So I think it's just a coincidence that um, that if this happened, you know, like Ice Spice was just so happened to be the one Maddie Healy talked about and just so happened to be on the Karma remix. I think it, Ice Spice is on the remix more because she's kind of hot right now and she's popular and it, ta- it taps into a different kind of fan base for Taylor Swift. Um, more so than it's good PR. I think I really do think it's a coincidence. However, what I don't really respect is that Taylor can't mention it. I know a lot of people are like, oh, she shouldn't be responsible. Why are you blaming a woman for a man's actions? And I don't see it that way. I think if we're like, oh, Taylor's racist because Maddie's racist, that might be a little unfair. But... It is fair, I think, to call into question somebody getting into bed with somebody with values that are different than theirs. Because it makes you question, well, if you're willing to compromise your values to get into bed with somebody, are there other times you're willing to compromise your values? You see what I'm saying? It's more that direction for me. I don't think we should blame her for his actions, but I can wonder why she is so okay with that. Because like I said... How does he talk behind closed doors? Because he says crazy things in public. That's all I'll say about that. Now I kind of want to talk about the Ice Spice angle of it. Because here comes Ice Spice on this remix. Um, Do I think the Karma remix is fantastic? I like Karma. I will say, first of all, the original Karma on the album. I like the song. My favorite thing about it is the chorus. The way the chorus goes round and round, it kind of feels like a boomerang going back and forth and back. Karma is my boyfriend. Karma is a guy. Karma is a breeze in my hair on the weekend. Karma is a relaxing thought. Aren't you envious that for you it's not? Sweet like honey. You see how it keeps like going and going and going. Sweet like honey. Karma is a cat purring in my lap because it loves me. Flexing like a goddamn acrobat. Me and Karma vibe like that. It just kind of like keeps going. I like that about the chorus. <clears throat> I think Ice Spice is a weird choice for this remix. I was, uh, I thought that from the beginning. I was like, oh, that's an interesting choice. That's cool, though. Like, maybe Ice Spice is going to do really good. I think she did as good as she could have. I think it's a weird choice for a remix. And so I think maybe if the song had been really good, people might have been less inclined to be like, oh, it's just, uh, it's just, uh, like, you know, PR, cash grab, you know, like, oh, let's do damage control but because the song's not that great <laughs> i think that makes it even worse because it's like it really seems like you guys threw this together um i'm not gonna talk about it anymore 
form your opinion how you may, but Stan Twitter is on fire about it. And Stan Twitter usually gets things wrong. Like, I hate to say, Stan Twitter has a habit for pylons. They have a habit of, like, canceling people really fast. I think all that shit's really weird and chronically online. And it's just not really, um, like, I'm not a fan of it. But they were quick to be like, Taylor Swift, this is crazy. And this time, Stan Twitter, I agree. So, that's how I see it. That's how Sue sees it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, now I'm about to talk about RuPaul's Drag Race, the most recent season of All Stars, All Stars 8. I think we're on episode 5. It was the Snatch Game. I'm also going to talk about episode like 4 a little bit. So, if you haven't seen any of the new episodes of Drag Race and you're planning to watch it, there's about to be some spoilers. If you haven't seen it, you're not going to watch it. You should keep listening. Let's talk about Drag Race. So, um, Snatch Game just happened. Um, a couple of things. They did the Snatch Game of Love. I don't like when they do that. I don't like when they switch the Snatch Game up. It needs to be the regular Snatch Game with the two line, two rows of people sitting there doing that. Snatch Game of Love is too produced. It doesn't allow for the organic banter between all the contestants. I don't like it. So, the first, my first issue was the format. Most of the girls didn't do very good at it. I, again, I think it might have been better in the other format. Like, the way you can't see who you're talking to is behind a sugar wall. First of all, the pun's kind of corny. And second of all, it's hard to be fun. You know, I just, like... Uh, with that being said, uh, Jimbo was hilarious. Um, and should have won, rightfully so. She did Shirley Temple, but it was kind of ridi- a ridiculous version of Shirley Temple. And she did this, like, really ridiculous tap dance. <laughs> She's just, like, jerking and jiving. It was funny. What I really want to talk about in this episode is Heidi in closet disqualifying herself from the combination. I said combination. I really cannot fucking talk. Uh, the, the competition. She like disqualified herself. She left. Um, and on All Stars this season, they're doing this thing called the Fame Games, which is like where in Untucked, which is like the after show, you can show the look you would have worn in the episodes for the eliminated, uh, the eliminated queens, for the girls who have been eliminated. They are allowed to stick around and show their looks for the rest of the season and untucked. And um, Heidi uh, opted not to do that as well because you have to stay there and film that, obviously. And she didn't want to. So she just left altogether. Um, And it was on the back of kind of like a fight with some of the girls. And really, I just kind of want to talk about what she said. There was this moment when she walked like off. She's like, I'm leaving. I'm done. I love you. I love you. Goodbye. Love you. Goodbye. Um... She was like, I'm, I'm trying to keep my joy and my peace, and I've lost that year. And I was like, girl, yeah, I get that. I've been there a couple of times. And so I kind of appreciate that uh, she felt that way and that um, she was willing to do something about it. I think that's commendable. I can also appreciate straight people. And, um, well, what? Well, not really. I can't. What I mean is that the way straight people, when they watch Drag Race, they call it RuPaul. That shit cracks me up. That's just a note that I wrote next to Drag Race. Is that they'll be like, oh my God, I love RuPaul. And then as, when then, you know, like queer people will call it Drag Race. As if you're like shortening the names. Obviously, if you're calling it the whole thing, it's called RuPaul's Drag Race. Um, But if you shorten it, straight people are going to call it RuPaul. And everybody else is going to call it Drag Race. So it's just funny to me. I wanted to make the distinction. I swear to God, it happens all the time. Like I can name so many straight people who called that show RuPaul. And I don't know why they do that. And I don't know why queer people call it Drag Race. But it Drag Race just sounds right to me. Um, but I guess straight Drag Racing to straight people is like cars. So maybe that's why. Um, 
<laughs> Beats the fuck out of me. Um, that's everything on my list today that I was going to talk about. There's one more song that I wanted to mention for the song of the week, though. I said you've got to learn Nina Simone, What's Love Got to Do With It, Tina Turner. Rest in peace. I also want to mention a song that I used to love. Um, I've been listening to my old playlist, like, from years ago, since... Cause I have been, <laughs> and that's where I got "You've Got to Learn" by Nina Simone from my high school playlist. From my childhood playlist, I got the song that I love called "All I Want to Do" by Sugarland. When I was a kid, I loved Sugarland. It's a country duo, a man and a woman. The guy, like you know, sings backup kind of, and she sings lead, and he plays the instruments. I think that's the arrangement. Anyway, um, they're just so good. But they have this one song: "I don't wanna get a baby. Let's turn off the phone. I don't wanna go to work today." Or even put my makeup on. I got better things to do than my to-do list anyway. Hide under the covers and waste away the day. Let's just lay here and be lazy, baby. Drive me crazy. All I wanna do. It's a good time. So if you like country music, it's a bop. <laughs> Um, if you want to follow me, you want to see more of me, you can follow me on Instagram and TikTok at Coblizzy. And if you like this podcast and you want to support it, you can leave a review. You can leave comments if you're on YouTube. You can follow the podcast. You can leave stars if that's an option. And you can follow the podcast on Instagram and TikTok as well at Coblizzy Show. Like I said, you can follow me at Coblizzy. You can follow the podcast at Coblizzy Show. That's on Instagram and TikTok only. I don't have any other social media accounts that are public. <laughs> so I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you want to hear more or if you want to find all of the places you can listen to this podcast as well as see my modeling portfolio and listen to my original music and read an article about me and all kinds of other things, you can go to coblizzy.com, not poblizzy. You can go to coblizzy.com. That's K-O-B-L-I-Z-Z-Y.com. That will take you to my link tree where all of those things are located. And it'll also have the links to my Instagrams and my TikToks. I love you so much. Thank you for listening or watching on YouTube or Spotify, listening everywhere else. Um, it's been a good time. I'm always happy to do Cope Lizzie. Like, not like do me. Not like, you know what I mean. <laughs> Bye, you guys. I'll see you next week. Cope Lizzie out. Whoop.